Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on the podcast, I had Banjo. Banjo runs or is part of four businesses. He has a wine bar business called Bar Liberty. He has a restaurant bar called Capitano. He has an online subscription wine-based business called The Wine Gallery. And he also runs a hospitality conference slash assembly called Grow, which I've been to a few them and the fantastic. It's just a he gets a a bunch of like-minded hospitality people with the with their trying to spread their story. Anyway, he tells us more about it within the podcast. If you're into business or entrepreneurship, this is you're going to hopefully enjoy this podcast. Banjo for me is a massive inspiration. He runs businesses. He always has the the customers' interests in mind, making sure they get the best the best experience. And yeah, he, he does things the right way and he's trying to spread the word for the hospitality industry. So I hope everyone enjoys this. This week, as always, we are brought to you by City Larder, the charcuterie specialists specialising in terrines, pâtés and riettes. City Larder are now taking on new stockists in the build-up to Christmas. If you're interested in stocking Australia's finest charcuterie in your retail store or food service business, you can get in touch with Rebecca via the website or social media. Now, over to the show. Banjo, thank you very much for doing this. Um, first of all, I want to say apologise for last week. I really did. I, I missed it. I, I got it all wrong. And anyway, and yeah, thanks for getting us this space and letting us use this space. And it's the first time I've actually used a podcast room here at Worksmith. It's um, fantastic. So this should be the best audio going. So yeah, thanks very much for no. doing it and all the rest of it. Yeah. Anytime. It's a pleasure. Nice to catch up. Yeah, definitely. So just take two seconds and just tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. Um, so we know each other from from way back. We used to work together in Sydney. Um, I've, I've worked in restaurants my whole life. Uh, and about three years ago with a group of friends struck out on our own and we opened a little wine bar in Fitzroy called Bar Liberty. It's been running for about two and a half years now and we've been doing okay. You know, it's a small, small place which has its challenges but we feel like we're hitting the mark now. You know, it's a really esoteric but broad-ranging beverage offering with a slightly tighter, more compact, uh, ever-evolving kind of menu and we just wanted to make a place that was comfortable and a place that we would enjoy going on our days off. Yeah, so nice. we get a lot of support from the hospitality industry. There's yeah. heaps, heaps of people coming in wanting to try something interesting on the on the wine list or really just kick back and have a few cocktails and, and kind of relax on their day off. So that's really nice. And then about a month ago, we opened another another restaurant in Carlton. Uh, it's called Capitano. It's uh, kind of loosely modelled on a like New York red sauce pizza kind of joint. So it's pizza, pasta, veal parmigiana, um, a heap of salads, a heap of kind of charcuterie. Neighbourhood style. Yeah, of. neighbourhood style, you know, but like sort of revamped for, I guess, the modern Australian market. So it's like it, it looks really nice. I feel like it, it 
it's like more polished than Bar Liberty is, whereas Bar Liberty's got a kind of raw edge to it, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of more more neighbourhood, slightly more family, but it's got a really nice vibe child as friendly. well. Yeah, child friendly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got high chairs, we've got everything. You know, yeah, yeah. C- come there on a Saturday lunch. There's like a parking bay for prams. We're so. going on Monday Aya. dinner. Ah, yeah, so good, so good. Dinner. Awesome, yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's um, it. it's real nice. It's real democratic. You know, everyone eats pizza, so it's like it's a bit more a bit more approachable. And we we took the same approach with the beverage list. There's certainly some quirky stuff on there, mm. but uh, it's a bit more approachable. So yeah, that's my that's my restaurant side of things. Uh, in the past, I had a wine import wholesale kind of business with a friend of mine, um, but I I recently sold my share of that to him, so he took that on full time. I spent a bit more time doing the restaurant thing, uh, and I've also you know probably my biggest project at the moment is called the Wine Gallery. It's an online wine subscription business. Yeah, I can't the, wait to dig into this. Yeah, it's yeah. Exciting, big sales. So yeah. It, it really excites me at the moment as well. Yeah. You know, it's been going for I guess just over three years, but in the last twelve or eighteen months, it's really taken off. And like I said, it's really what I'm spending most of my time on at the moment. We set out to I guess demystify the world of wine. I know so many people who love wine, but I guess get intimidated or confused by all the jargon around easily, it. Easily, easily confused. And the people hell. the people at the top sometimes kind of talk down to the people that don't know and kind of keep that knowledge a little bit secret. And yeah, well, it's great that you, you recognise that. Yeah. Because that's definitely a fact. There's yeah, no, yeah. There's no two ways about Totally. That. Like I picked up on that working working my whole life in restaurants in a, in a position of kind of wine teaching and like as a as a sommelier basically. Because you are sommelier. You're a sommelier trained, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I should have mentioned that. No, no, start. Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that's my background. So I worked at Worked at restaurants in Sydney like Bentley, Key and Est and then came to Melbourne and spent five years at Attica uh, and then when I left Attica, opened Bar Liberty. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of like a quick quick rewind. Um, but yeah, like I would work with people on the floor who weren't sommeliers but were working in these high-end restaurants and they loved wine. Like they fucking loved wine yeah, yeah. but they didn't know too much about it but they just wanted to learn and were keen about it. And then you had these sommeliers who knew a heap about it, but like weren't very good people people. Yeah, yeah. And so it. like they wouldn't share the knowledge. And it always seemed like this really weird disconnect. Like the point of knowledge is not to keep it to yourself. Definitely. It's to share it. And so but that's a little bit I find that a little bit insecurity, to be totally honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know totally. what I mean? Not confident Absolutely. in yourselves. Like, Absolutely. You know, it's like that thing you want to employ people better than you, yeah, and that's absolutely. not an easy thing to do. That's yeah, a really hard thing you, to you do. You've got to surround yourself with enthusiastic people, people who you see have potential to be, be yeah. stronger, people Take who have your a, business other forward. skill sets. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. 100%. Yeah, I really agree with that. Um, and so I, I was recognising this when I was working in Sydney, I guess. And then I came to Attica, and it was a small restaurant, and I was restaurant manager and head sommelier, and so I was doing like a heap of training all the time. And everyone that we employed was super passionate about food, wine, the restaurant industry, everything. But they had various levels of wine knowledge. And so all of our wine trainings were focused on being inclusive and getting everyone around the table and making sure that everyone kind of understood and was comfortable about talking about these wines to the guests. Because at the end of the day, the guests coming into the restaurant, the majority of them knew less about wine than we did. So we needed to know that the way we were communicating to them was an understandable kind of way. At their level as well. So bring it down again. Yeah, but bringing it down, but not like, not being patronising patronising and and also not not dumbing it down necessarily. It's more around the, the communication of the knowledge it's yeah. not like making it simpler it's just making it easier to understand yeah so well that's the art of a great teacher isn't it yeah absolutely yeah totally yeah. like um i forget who said it but it's a like i think it's quite a famous quote is is that you don't fully understand something unless you can teach, teach it, to, it teach it Definitely. to someone else 100%. yeah yeah so 
I was working at Attica and kind of thinking about all of this and uh, my co-founder at the wine gallery is a guy called Tom. He lives in Sydney and he, um, he's he got a banking background but he, he went to France to study to study at this really fantastic business school, basically. And while he was over there, he... So was, in French? Is that in French? Or he was doing some classes in French. Oh, okay. um, he had to kind of teach himself French, and yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a struggle. Smart guy. Smart, smart dude, guy. yeah, <laughs> real smart dude. Um, but while he was over there, the biggest thing he took away, apart from all the, the learnings at business school, was all of his colleagues, whether they were French or just from other parts of Europe, knew a hell of a lot more about wine than him. So on their days off, they'd go to the park with a couple of bottles of wine, or they'd go to the bottle shop and just grab a few bottles. Cheese, or they'd go to a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'd get all this stuff. And everyone seemed to know like the different types of cheese, the different varieties of wine, the different regions. Yeah. And he says in his own words, like he felt really dumb and he felt really out of place. And he came back to Australia and he realised that all of his friends were like that. They didn't know anything. And it was almost like a cultural revelation. It was like, how do people not know about it but everyone drinks the stuff yeah yeah and it, so just quitting there yeah, totally, i really totally. feel like um that culture mm. of knowing wine being exposed to wine from a young age yeah, yeah. also takes away that boozy drinking that that big right out, on right on the piss absolutely like, yeah. Yeah. when it's an actual oh this is an education there's actually people putting hard work into this and it's looked upon as opposed to just like chucking but i was don't get me wrong i looked love chucking pints yeah, down yeah, my neck yeah. and having a good time with the boys when yeah. the foot is on don't get me wrong but I'm not out every weekend. I would yeah. prefer to sit down and have a bottle of wine. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, my parents, I was always allowed to drink from like 14 years old in my yeah. house. Nothing crazy, don't get yeah. me wrong. But I would honestly, I would have a beer with my dad at 14, 15. No problem on a sunny day. There was yeah. no taboo about that, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So I think that really helps that education with that lag allow or what you know whatever yeah. you would call it. I think it's a similar thing, you know. Like you grew up in England, it's a similar thing here in Australia. There's a for a lot of people, there's a hard cap. Like you, you don't drink until you're 18. Yeah. I think if you are allowed little bits and pieces before that, that certainly helps. It's definitely a cultural thing, as you say, like um, wine with food as opposed to drinking beer to get pissed kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. There's two, two kind of sides to the coin there. Um, definitely having an appreciation of the the artistic side of things, like as the you craft. say, the craft. Really yeah, good yeah. word. Yeah, totally. So the, all the hard work that's gone into it and seeing it as a – uh, like not just a drink, you know, recognising the historical and cultural significance of, you know, different varieties of, of grapes that are grown in certain areas and made in a certain way. And the struggle that people go through totally, to create man. that. You know, like, totally. you know, you know better than anyone, but like the, the, the steep vineyards where people are, you know, struggling to get up there, you know, yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and then, the, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's ended the wine game. <laughs> man, food's crazy. Yeah. The wine game is oh, crazy, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, how did you, how did you, um, how did you find your love for wine? Like you don't, you know, you don't from lemonade, Coca Cola <laughs> to wine. It's a big jump. Hey, so I was really lucky. I um I grew up in Adelaide, um and my parents my parents didn't come from a, a gastronomic background, but my mum trained as a chef, and my parents owned two restaurants when I was a kid. So one was in a little little seaside town in country South Australia. Yeah. Uh, it was a bed and breakfast kind of place. Uh, and then when we moved back to Adelaide, the big city in South Australia, we opened, well, my parents opened, opened a restaurant in, like, right in the heart of the city. So while I was going through school, there was a job for me there. I was working on the floor. You know, I was polishing glasses. I was helping out every every weekend. I'd do like like a little stock take in the cellar with my dad. Nice. Uh, there was always wine on the table at home. Like my parents would always always drink wine. Yeah. And so I got, I guess, more of an education than I realised at the time about regions and grape varieties and stuff like just that. Just slowly, right? Trickled in. Man, it's just like osmosis, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Osmosis, great word. So again. by the time like I was twenty, I would go out to dinner, and like maybe I'd have a friend along. And I'd be like, oh, can I have a glass of 
Pinot or something like that. Yeah. And my friend would be like, what, what are you talking about, man? I'll just have a beer. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. immediately I realised that I'd, I'd learnt more than I thought. And then after uni, I, I went to London and was working in restaurants over there. And then I realised how much I didn't know and then just got a massive education because London's like... London and New York are like the two main okay. epicenters for the global wine trade. You can get wine from any country in the world, any region, any grape variety. You're just like inundated with wine. Yeah. So I came back to Australia after working in London and I was like, far out, this is amazing. I feel like I know, I know everything. And what's it like learning? You just feel like you're on like cloud nine. Do you not reckon? Totally, man. Yeah, Every yeah. time you learn something else, it's like, wow, yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah, know. Yeah. And then like you come across a new grape variety and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. And at that time, like when you're young, you just like have a thirst for it. Like, I'm not saying I'm old now. No, no. But, like, no, I get it. When you're really young, you're like, yeah. bang, I want this, I want this, I and want just this. Books and books and books. That's and books. it, man. Books, just tasting, tra- yeah, everything, yeah. man. Everything it's, is so exciting. It really is. So you've worked in, the, you know, you've worked in that big restaurant, referring yeah. to Key, you know, yeah, that, yeah. and you've worked in the still a fantastic standard dog at this one, but a smaller restaurant, yeah. in the, adding covers and yeah, staff yeah. and all the rest of it. And now you've also got the wine bar. What would you say is the benefits to working in the large against the small? The benefits and the negatives between the two. You know, you might in the large you might get more opportunities to meet more staff and yep. more tastings, more samples. This might yep. be, but a smaller one you get a bit more one-on-one coaching or whatever yeah, it might yeah. be. Yeah. So from a different, a, a few different points of view there. I guess from from working in a place like in in a big venue, I definitely think there's more opportunity. You know, there's more scale generally more people around to to mentor you and to educate you bigger team um you know more people to bounce ideas off um a little bit more flexibility i guess but certainly in a in a smaller venue and this might not hold true everywhere but it's certainly the experience i had you know like smaller more intimate places versus bigger dare i say slightly more commercial venues yeah there just seemed to be more of a I guess an inherent passion for every single detail in smaller places. And like I said, this is just my personal no, experience. No, yeah, yeah. It's not and that's all you can give it on, can Yeah, you? true, true. So, yeah, certainly in a small place, you're spending more time with the guest. There's hopefully, I won't say more care because that, that doesn't sound right, but there's more... There's more emotional Ownership. investment in every single detail. And yeah. so, like, you really get to get to put your stamp on on various different things. And I think it takes a really brave and very clever restaurant owner to institute that level of care and detail on a really big scale. Yeah. There's less communication needed. Do you in know what I mean? In a smaller place. In a smaller place. Yeah, absolutely. So smaller obviously team. when it, Chinese yeah. whispers, there's always an element of yeah. where it can, it can break down the communication. I guess less communication barriers more attention to detail in some aspects I yeah. guess you know what I mean that, you know and generally I think because there's less um, what's the word I'm looking for there's less depth in the in the hierarchy in a smaller place so generally the people who have the vision and the ideas and the ownership are next to you aren't they are next to you they're yeah, working yeah. in it they're touching it you know in a really big place the guy who writes the menu like is probably not there. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not cooking. Yeah, he writes yeah. the menu, but he's not cooking. The guy who who writes the wine list is not doing service. Like mm. there's there's many instances where the people are a little bit a little bit more removed. So yeah. I think just the, you know, it, it must be the same in any industry. A small business, like all that passion, all that care. Maybe not the commercial kind of scale, but in a bigger place, you know, like 
more uh, more spread, more opportunity. But maybe the smaller things, like I'm not saying they get passed over, but you know maybe it just yeah yeah. Kind of, I think it's good to work in both. Other stuff, I it, totally agree. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I find in the big ones they always have a lot more um, structure systems. This is how we do it, you know. Like, it's not and that's really important off, if you yeah, want to grow. grow. Like, you need exactly, to do that. Exactly. This is how we do. Like I said, key. I remember it was like non-verbal, non-verbal communication. communication yeah. You know, that was fantastic. Yeah. I thought, that, you know, I learned that there, which I thought, you know, that, oh, that is always one, that is always two, that is always three, that is always four, and then yeah. you don't even have to talk about it. So, learning them systems is fantastic. Yeah, you know? yeah, true. But then on a smaller one, that real, uh, like, exactly. I'm just going across what you, you just said, but working next to that person you can really feel that person's enthusiasm and it really rubs off on you yeah, do you know what I mean big time big time which is um, yeah and then then again you went you, you've now got a bar which again I would say is a smaller venue again from yeah, from them too for sure what was the what was the thought process why didn't you go into I know now you've got the restaurant but why yeah. didn't you go into that was it why why a bar um I guess it was like a time and a place kind of thing that was where I was at at the moment like I I have worked in high-end restaurants my whole life. The the wine bar that we have is certainly the most casual place I've ever worked in. Mm. And as much as I love going out to really lovely restaurants, it's not somewhere that I want to go all the time. I, I, I don't think anyone does. Yeah, yeah. In terms of having somewhere relaxed, but with good service, interesting booze, tasty food. Like I said, we wanted to create somewhere that we would want to hang out on our day off. So it was really kind of where, where my head was at and it just so happened that that's where my business partner's head were at as well. You know, they were they were keen to do something that had a high level of service and a high level of attention to detail in terms of the product we were serving, yeah. but just in a more relaxed kind of way. Easier way to market as well, isn't it? Do yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Financially. Totally, that, you know, totally. Like, like, I couldn't have afforded to open yeah, a high-end restaurant. Risk, risk exactly element as right, well. Exactly yeah, right, yeah. yeah. There are a lot of pluses. And... Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, in the future, maybe I, I would still love to open a high-end restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it'll be a few years away. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what, um, how did you find the, the the transition between employee to employer? Yeah, yeah much harder than I thought. You know, yeah. I, I was kind of lucky because at, at the time when we opened the bar, I, I was owning my own business, the wine import and wholesale yeah. business. So that had taught me a lot already. But that's like, that's a... That's a wholesale business. There's nothing like a restaurant, yeah, yeah. you know. Like, and and it was a small business. That was just me and my business partner. We didn't have other employees to Did manage. Emotional yeah. emotions, exactly and like right. That, yeah. So you know, that was kind of a good stepping stone. But still, it's a it's a big jump. You need to be ready, mentally, emotionally. Like, you need to understand the difference. Like, even if you're, you know, upper management in a in a big company, there's still a big change to having your own your own dollars on the line. And yeah, yeah. It, like you. You really need to know that you don't really have a day off ever. Like, even if you're not at work, you're thinking about. If it. something goes wrong, man, you got to be there. Like, I remember the first time we got broken into. It was like fuck, straight in there. You know, like anytime someone's sick, you know, you're the first person, especially in a small business. Yeah. Like, you just need to be. Do you do a bit of the um, handyman stuff as well? I am super not handy. I'm really lucky that Michael, my business partner, he takes care of all the maintenance yeah. stuff. But like. That's it. Like yeah, you, yeah, for you sure. can't necessarily afford to employ people to do that kind of stuff. You just got to do it all yourself. Yeah. So what I've started doing is, you know, once someone comes and does something, yeah. like for instance, we had a leaky tap. This yeah. was just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Got the guy out, and I'm like on him like a hawk. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, how do you do? You know, I want to see exactly. So when that tip tap goes next time, Again, you, I just do it myself. You just do you know, it. I'll save totally. that 180 bucks. Yeah, like, yeah, I just Because yeah. you know, you've just got to be on top of that that's kind of it, thing. That's yeah. it. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. It's always oh. about. Um, you know, finding the most efficient and cost-effective way to do things. Yeah, you know, we like, um, 
we had this double door fridge and I, I always portion on a Monday morning it's just what we always do yeah. and uh, this one day I had a bit of free time on a Friday I said you know I'm going to portion Friday and um, so I get, get ahead on Monday so a portion I do like a lot three three grand's worth I know exactly three grand's worth of stock I portion <laughs> filled the fridges up for the yeah. Monday make my job life a lot easier on Monday right. and I come in on Monday and I looked you know I do a quick at that time I did a quick check around yeah. all the fridges you know check yeah. the temperatures yeah. da, da, da. I was like three huh that fucking decimal point isn't next to the, in between the three and the zero. It's after the zero. 30. 30 degrees. So I went in the fridge, opened the fridge, everything was at 30 degrees. And I did that on the Friday. We, we shot sun, Saturday, yeah, Sunday. So if you like want to rob me, yeah. Saturday, Sunday's a yeah, big yeah, robbery. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so Monday morning, all the all stuff gone. in the bin. What happened? Oh, the fridge ca- cracked the, it? The, yeah, the fridge cracked it, yeah. Oh, that hard. kind of stuff hurts, yeah, doesn't it? man. And you know, like three grand. You know what that's like to make three grand profit. You know, yeah, like yeah, to it's, make it's, that in profit, it, exactly. It's, it's not easy yeah, it's to make. But the, the, the thing is, from then we then got we've um, we've introduced sensors. We put all the sensors. No way. Yes, yeah, so we've got sensors oh, in cool. all the Good fridges. Yeah, yeah. So and it runs one system. Yeah. And it. And so what you, you get an alert on your phone oh, or my, something? Yeah, I get an alert on my phone. Yeah, exactly. So now there's no drama, and now you know you can sleep easier and. It's just a lot easier, but you know, having a small business, man, them kind of little things, yeah. like the same being broken into. Totally, like getting calls from security at yeah. three in the morning. Oh, your alarm's not on. Oh, we detected movement in sensor three in the yeah. in the office and stuff like this. Like, yeah, out of bed. Yeah, yeah, go down for so, sure. You know, and I. I don't live too far from the bar, and like neither does Michael, neither does one of the other guys. So like, if something happens, you kind of you kind of obligated to yeah, go and check that. it out as much as you don't want to. For sure. Yeah. So, what was your thought process? You know, I know you said you were. Um, you wanted to make it a place where you want to go, yeah, go yeah. for go for food. And, but, sorry for drinks, my man. Um, but what was the thought process? It's like, okay, I need to get. A, was it your idea? We're going to open a bar. You're working. I'm going to get a bar. I need some partners. You know no, I mean? not really. To be honest, like I, um, so I left Attica and uh, Michael, one of my business partners, he had left Attica about. Oh, five, you worked together at Attica well, six months prior. Yeah, right, yeah, totally. Okay. And when he left, we kind of said, "Hey, it would be great to work together again. Like, let's try and sort something out." And he wasn't really sure what he was doing next. Uh, and then, so there's four of us in in the wine bar, and the other two guys, Casey and Manu, they own a place called Rockwell and Sons on Smith Street, and they'd been hunting around for another site at the time, but they weren't really sure what they wanted to do. And they knew Michael, and so they all got talking. And then I left Attica, and so we all started talking. And then we found a site, and then it was just kind of rolling on from there. It was kind of pretty organic. Like, we knew the style of place we wanted to do. We weren't really sure if it was a bar or a restaurant. And to be honest, we probably ended up somewhere in between. Like, like we take bookings, and, you know, like, it's not a a bar bar. It's like an upmarket wine bar, I guess. So... So yeah. and then it's, I find this quite interesting as well. That you've all got other ventures. You've got multiple yeah, other, yeah, yeah. other bars. Yeah. How do you um? How do you kind of not fall out? I guess is one thing. You yeah. know, with different <laughs> ideas, it's easy. Totally. Partnerships are fucking difficult. Yeah, That's man. no joke. Yeah, they are yeah. difficult. Totally. Um. Yeah. So how do you do that? And then do you all have your own roles to keep that? Yeah, absolutely. So for, yeah. on the on the roles thing, it's all it's all pretty specific. So Michael is kind of front of house operations manager and handyman like we said yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beverage is, is all on me uh, so you look after all aspects of boot is that training buying yep. what's coming in new yeah, yeah, yeah taking yeah. everything Case everything stuff, so that's yeah. me uh, Casey is our chef he does everything in the kitchen every is single he, thing is, is he a trained chef is that yeah, his, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah so yeah. he uh, he 
he, he's now kind of, I guess, executive chef across Rockwell and Sons, Bar Liberty, and our new place, Capitano. Oh, good for him. That's fantastic. Um, but prior to that, he worked at Cutler & Co. for a year and a half. But he's from North America originally. Mm. Worked in New York for nearly 10 years. Uh, he's worked at some really good places. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And then Manu, uh, I guess, kind of does operations at Rockwell and Son, but takes care of all the accounts yeah. across everything. So we all have very defined roles, and that really helps. Yeah, that, yeah I um, could imagine that. And, and if anyone's got a problem, or if someone's got like, you know, if you want something changing on the menu, or you, you yeah. know, you go on holiday and you see some whatever it might yeah. be in the Basque region or whatever, or again, alternatively, some North America, he goes to America and he, he has some nice bottle of wine from wherever, and he yeah. comes over. And uh, do you have like weekly or monthly meetings to discuss these? kind of things we have weekly meetings in terms of kind of inspiration and ideas it's i guess on a less formal structured thing like we'll just say hey what about this kind of thing like yeah. and that's always happening like we're always bringing new ideas to the table and it's kind of good having four of us like it it, it generates a good amount of discussion it sometimes takes more time than it probably should yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh yeah we're all pretty comfortable in having our say and, and bringing things up I guess does have, it go to a vote or how sometimes it, it does? that's what I was going to say. Having four of us makes it makes it tricky sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, two and two, two and two. We sometimes don't get anywhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be that can be challenging sometimes. But um, I don't know. We've seen to we've seen to make it work. It's pretty so impressive. Far. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. pretty impressive. And I guess you're all supporting each other in their other businesses as well. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. not like. But I guess, and I don't don't take this wrong, and maybe I'm totally I'm I'm, I'm off the mark here, but. I guess it's good when it's going good. Yeah, that's you know true. What I that's mean? true. Totally true. You know, like if the business is, is going well, then it can smooth over Definitely. other issues. And I'm not saying there are other issues, but at the same time, like it it makes it easier to just kind of keep working and push on, change stuff when you need to, but otherwise otherwise you're just getting stuff done. No if things big. were slow and there was no money in the bank, yeah. I, that's when, you know, the tensions really flare up. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's pressure and all the Because it is, it's fucking pressure. It's a lot of stress. Man, it's your livelihood. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Michael and I have both got kids now. Like We've yeah. both got... We've all got multiple businesses, as you say. We've invested our time and our money in it. If something goes wrong, like that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't know what you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on your bum. So. What What advice would you give to someone who is looking to to look into to open a bar or start a bar, or even a small restaurant? Or, yeah, or, yeah. I think, like I'm, like I said, my my journey from employee to owner sort of happened organically. Like I knew in my mind that I had very set ideas about how th- how I wanted things to run. And so I guess the natural progression from manager is to own it if you can make it happen. Yeah. Um, I'm really thankful that I had a lot of really good experience at some fantastic places, working in various positions and under various people. And so I was exposed to, I guess, different systems, different management styles. You know, I saw how different organisations were run, front of house and back of house, you know, like just different... Yeah, different systems I think was really important and being able to work with people who are organized and passionate was was really, really good. You gotta have you gotta have all your all your ducks in a row. You need to understand how to how to manage back of house. Like at the end of the day, you can be the best waiter or the best chef or the best sommelier, but if you don't know the at least the basics of, you know, the financials of a business. You've got to make money. You've got to make money like and it's like a dirty word, isn't it? I was about to say, but you, you, sh- you shouldn't be scared of it. There's a lot no of way. there's a lot of stuff about like passion in the restaurant industry getting you a long way. But at the end of the day, like as an employer, your number one priority becomes looking after your staff and Definitely. looking after yourself and your family. You can't so if un- you can't pay your bills, then you're fucked. Like so people don't understand that. That I take that incredibly seriously. How much 
them employees uh, that's they're relying on that money you know yeah, what I mean like it's they're really, relying on you relying on you to yeah. find the business to, and to make the business work because yeah. if that business doesn't work they're not getting the wages they don't get exactly. the wages you know you're not paying the rent you know whatever yeah, it is you're yeah. going to start looking for jobs and so then you're not just letting yourself down you're letting them down you're exactly. letting your suppliers down you know like it becomes a big a big thing I think having a, an understanding of that is a really really important part of it for, you know I hear these people and, I, and I'm not knocking these people and everyone should be entitled to give it a go or whatever yeah. but you've got to you've got, people have got to remember that you've worked at all these top restaurants really good restaurants you've bought wine you've imported wine You've worked. You've you've worked with a lot of good chefs. You know, it's, this is, this isn't like oh, I'm just going to open a wine bar. It, this is yeah, like yeah, years yeah. and years and hours and months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, of your whole life. And you probably into... don't even realise that you're learning the important stuff at the time. Yeah, exactly. But then you stop and you're like, well, actually, at this place we did this, and at this place we do it slightly differently. And you put all these things together, and you're like, well, actually, I've got a pretty good education in in this kind education, of thing. Education, exactly. Yeah. Like I would never think. Uh, you know, I'm going to open a, a car garage. I'm going to be, yeah. a, I'm gonna, you know, but people do this with wine bars and yeah, restaurants. They really yeah, do. Totally. They go, they go I, go, I love going to restaurants. I love going to restaurants. I'm going to, you know <laughs> what I mean? And then you say, you know, they get, they're basically getting fleeced by maybe yeah. uh, the staff. You yeah, know, yeah. you know what I mean? People may be taking advantage or yeah. you don't, you can't keep on top of it because it can weigh you down. So, I'm not supposed to try to put words in your mouth, my <laughs> advice, but I would say just make sure. You, You've either got a good partner who is in the industry. If you do want to invest in a business, someone totally. who has been in the business, you know. I think I think take it a step back. Like I, as you said, you would never open a car garage. Yeah. So I would say don't open a restaurant or a wine bar if you don't have experience in that. Like don't do something you don't know anything about. That's exactly it. Like you need to have an understanding of the broader industry, even if it's just a couple of years of experience. But you need to know what the hell you're up against. Yeah. Because every industry is competitive, and as we said before, you need to be able to make money. That's like. Number one, that's like that's a rule. Yeah, it's yeah. not just like an aim. It's like <laughs> you got to be making money. If yeah. six months down the track, you look in the bank, you got no money. You got to pay super. You got to pay like everything. You got to pay your suppliers. You got to pay wage. You got to pay rent. You got to pay electricity. And all of a sudden, you got no money. You're like, yeah, you're stuffed. Well, like you said, they're suppliers. Like it's all right just taking and getting these big credits, thirty days, 50, 21 days, or whatever. Yeah. If you go under, you potentially could put someone else under because yeah, of your yeah. irresponsibility. Irresponsible you know? is the word. Totally. It's so irresponsible yeah. that these people are doing that, and yeah, it's crazy. What What do you think the the landscape of the of the wine bar is looking like? It's not funny. yours, but no, in no, no. It's funny in a place like like Melbourne or in Sydney, I guess, where we're getting really solid population growth and twenty five million now, eh? Strong, huh? Yeah. People are like keen to go out. Like people think they have expendable income, but at the same time, like property prices are going through the roof, rents going up, cost of living is going up. So like people want to go out and spend money, which is great for our kind of industry. Yeah. But at the same time, like wages aren't going up at at the same level. So people maybe don't have the same amount of money they think they do. As we've just discussed, people are opening places without too much experience. So. At the end of the day, I, I would say that we're overcated for, unfortunately. Mm. You know, like there are, there are a lot of great places, but there are also a lot of places that aren't so great. Yeah. And so it really is competitive. Like you're, you're fighting for someone's dollar. But, but that's what you see. Like you see places closing after one year, after two years, after three years. So it is tough. You know, th- th- there's so many elements in getting it right. You've got to be in a great location. You've got to have a great concept. You've got to have great staff. You know, you need the experience we've just talked about in, in running a place. Uh, you need to have a great product. You know, like there's a lot of things that you need to get right. And then it's still it's no guarantee. Like you've got to, you've got to do marketing. You know, like I went from being a sommelier and, and a restaurant manager to having to do all of these things, like to have, have an understanding of like 
wage cost and like wage laws and like dealing, yeah, with, laws, dealing yeah. with the council and like yeah. dealing with super and like all of this stuff that you maybe hadn't considered before. Yeah. Like, I've got to do my own marketing, you know, like. And this all lot. takes up heaps of time. Yeah, it doesn't ever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So like I, I would say never, never stop looking for a better way to do things. Like you yeah, always got to yeah. find the efficiencies, whether it's a financial efficiency or a, like a timing efficiency. You always got to look to make things better even if you even if you're cruising like even if you're full every night and like your staff are happy always look to improve something like yeah. make things better for us it's yeah time is one as well yeah, yeah, yeah totally, time totally. what's the quickest way of you know keeping the quality yeah, yeah. the standard obviously that's priority we yeah. that cannot move that's set in stone yeah. but how we get there how can we get there quicker okay. how can we get yeah. there more efficiently and i think we're super lucky at the moment like this is something that i talk with my business partner Michael a lot about. We're really lucky to be doing this kind of stuff in 2018 where uh, technology is really, really our friend. So like in the last in the last few years, uh, the use of programs like uh, Deputy for rostering, Slack for internal kind of team communication. Uh, so what's that? I don't know that one. Yeah, too, yeah. so uh, uh, Slack is like an internal workplace messaging system. Oh, so we use like it, a memo kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so we use it basically in place of just sending out emails all the time. So everyone, everyone has the app on their phone or on the computer and it's just like we use it to send out... Uh, notifications about the business, updated menu notes, you know, yeah, if, if, new there's, wine if there's tastings yeah, on, tastings, yeah, yeah, new yeah. wine notes, you know, end of night reports. So everyone's got it at their fingertips at any time. They don't need to be in front of a computer. We don't need to print it out. We don't need to do any, anything like this. Like everyone, everyone these days has a smartphone, you know, so everyone's got that, that information just there, you know, and other stuff as well, like online booking systems, like not people don't have to call and then I've got my book. Like I remember, like I said, my parents had a, had a restaurant when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, 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 the so book. Like, I love the book. The, you love the book? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love, that's what you know, you're all on. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm embracing yeah. technology, and everyone should embrace. Yeah. Don't man, you're running the podcast. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I embrace technology in that, and I, I feel like as well. I'm going to throw it in there. I'm always going on about being dyslexic. Yeah, I always try and get it in there to try and put, help anyone that feels like it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I really feel like that's the future for dyslexics as well. Yeah, like, yeah. you know that that being able to now instead of struggling when I'm texting, I Sorry, just like, hit that voice thing and go. You know, yeah. Helicopter, yeah. Both, it's just there, you know. If I, otherwise, Magic. I'm like, fuck, how do you do like, that? I'm Googling. No, no yeah, joke. You've know, yeah, then got to Google it because yeah. Google search is better than. Is I so the predictive? Predictive, yeah, yeah. Right. So then you've got to go leave the text, go to Google yeah, search, yeah. Google search, no do the, and then, so you, you then just do it on voice. copy and paste, yeah. then copy and paste that onto Back your to text. text. It's a fucking disaster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now I just go buff your helicopter, yeah, that, yeah. it just comes straight up, saves me heaps of time. Yeah, but embrace like zero. That's another one. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like that, that one that really was one big. of our big mistakes. We didn't get zero early enough. Really, yeah, yeah okay. We did it all by book. Because you never think that you're going to get big enough. Like, oh, and, you know, I don't want to invest whatever it is per month yeah. and sign up and whatever. As you say, it's an efficiency of time. If you, yeah. if you can make it do the work for you and yeah. free yourself up to do other stuff, happy days. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's Yeah, embrace the technology at all. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And now you have the, 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 the restaurant. We'll go over the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Capitano, isn't it? Yeah, Capitano, exactly. ish I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, what do we say? We say it's uh, Italy by way of New York, by way of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, So perfect. it's a bit of a, a mashup. Bit of a blend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super, first of all, I'm super jealous of it. I love pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone lo- loves pizza. Love we love pizza. it. It's so Michael's got uh, Sicilian heritage. Yeah. So he always talked about opening an Italian place, but it was always going to be like, not traditional, strictly Italian. It's got a, a bit of a, a bit of a spin on it. Yeah, so. yeah. And then you come up with this idea, I'm going to open a restaurant. Yeah. 
he is that where you got it from? He said, "Oh, I, I've got this. You know, I really feel like what? May, how do you get to the end result of being pizza? Because there's so many options you can go down. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, do you feel like the market needed that? Or look, don't get me wrong. There's heaps of pizza places in Melbourne. Yeah, there is. We just like it. It's not only pizza. Pizza's a part of it. Yeah, like, it's a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. But we wanted again. I think." You can have great ideas, but the application of those ideas comes from something that you're passionate about. Like you can't do something fucking well if you don't love it, like if you don't believe in it. Definitely. So we all love eating pizza as well. Yeah. And like we we love going to uh, Tippo in the city, yeah. fantastic Tipo's pasta. Zero zero, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we want to do something with pasta as well. We all love like going to cocktail bars. So we knew that like even though there's a restaurant, we wanted to have a, have a bar portion of it as well. And so we just kind of jammed all the, these ideas together. Like I said, there's four of us, lots of roundtable discussions, yeah. lots of brainstorming. It's like, okay, you can just kind of make it fit. It's so no- Peter's so nostalgic. It's, um, yeah, I've got my eye, not an eye on a site, but I always see this site and I think, man, I'd love to put a little Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd love make to. it happen, bro. Yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm pretty interested in, like, now you've got the two venues. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you, I feel like that, because you've got so much going on, you're like an operator that, maybe I'm wrong, isn't involved on the floor as much as you used to be, is that right? Yeah, I, I mean, yes, that is absolutely true. And to be honest, I, I, I don't know if I could be. Like, as you say, time, efficiency, that kind yeah. of thing. Like, I'm, I'm still doing two nights a week at Liberty yeah. and one night every couple of weeks at Capitano. Yeah. And how, so how do you... Do you just put trust in people? Is that the goal? Man, you have to. As we said at the start of this chat. So you get a manager. You've got to employ people that have the ability to be better than you. And also, like, you need to, yeah, you you need to give them some ownership. I think if I look back on my history of being a manager, that would be a mistake that I've certainly made. It's not allowing people the space to grow into positions and make their own mistakes but learn from them and grow to become fantastic managers on their own. Like, if you're always overseeing someone yeah. and saying, I oh, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way, then, you know, they'll always do it that way, but they'll lose the ability to think for themselves and they'll always kind of say, oh, I've got to do it like Banjo says kind of thing. Like, that's a mistake, you know. You've got to, you've got to let people make decisions on their own. And, and the so sakes. that way you can step away and they make the decisions. And, yeah, yeah. you know, like at the end of the day, like, don't get me wrong, really serious business, I, it's my life. Of but if we get something wrong... We're not doing brain surgery. Like, no one's dying. Yeah, yeah. We can sort it out. We can sort it out. Exactly. A nice letter or, you exactly know, right. a free, come free back and have champagne, dinner. Yeah, like yeah, everything. Yeah. So there's there's always ways around it. Like, obviously, you'd prefer it if that mistake didn't happen. But at the end of the day, I think that's a really important point for any, yeah. any manager aspiring to kind of take that step and maybe step back from the restaurant in a day-to-day kind of sense and be more operational. Yeah. Like, I, I truly believe you, you still do need to be touching it you know, most days, like I'm, I'm in both venues six or seven times a week. But in terms of doing hours on the floor, like I said, I'm only doing two or three services. So what you do, you just rock in, go and chat to people. How's it all yeah, going? Yeah, man. Like Listen I'm there to, to, to do ordering and training and stock yeah, taking yeah. anyway. Yeah. And then I'm, I just make sure I'm there and you what know about we check like, in and have chats and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure, what what sure about, I was going to cool. say that. What about um, what they call when you sit down one on one and what they call. Yeah. Um, Appraisals. appraisals yeah. yeah do you do all, do you do all that as well or do you just we a bit do. more slack a little bit more we like... do but I guess they're slightly more casual like we do them we do them annually but we do them month to month or just or when you're quarterly. next to someone how's it going yeah, yeah, totally. are you still enjoying it any, any, any issues at the any moment issues, any ideas yeah. like anything we can do to make it better for you totally we're always yeah. doing like little staff meetings we're like we have wine training once a week we have briefing every day you know we have a, a staff meeting every now and then and it's always about 
as we said before, looking for ways to continually improve. And that can be on a big scale or it can be just just for one employee. Like, what's what's a way that we can improve what you're doing? Yeah. Educating the staff and giving them and them understanding that you're putting time into them to progress them in their future yeah. is a great way of, of keeping hold of your staff as well. Absolutely. You know? Like, they need to know that they've got a, a pathway and a progression yeah. and they need to feel cared for. And as you said, the education thing is huge. Like, after a while, like, there's not many people who can just do the same thing day in, day out yeah. without learning something and, yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah, that's so. where, with what we're doing trying to keep that because it's, it's manufacturing yeah. and we have chefs you know the great guys you know Franz and Tim they're phenomenal boys and um, trying to keep them motivated doing the same things and trying to bring them on with the marketing and letting them know what we're doing and, yeah, yeah. and trying to grow in that way so and I try and give them the the because like I said we're not in a restaurant so there's not loads of recipes we're not changing the menu weekly yeah, yeah, we're not, sure. you know where oh let's do this and the way I do the puree dauphinoise yeah. or you know like, it needs to be the same it's the opposite exactly, it needs to be the same yeah, every time the same. exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so therefore I try and give them the like show them how I'm speaking to suppliers giving them the opportunity to do ordering yeah, yeah. making sure that they understand they need to look after these little things because when they get a business if they do want to get a business these are the things and trying to teach them more about the business side of things yeah. not that I'm any fucking Richard Branson or anything but just no, a little thing but you've got the experience again yeah. you know like you learned those things when you were working for other people yeah. and like you you wanted to learn so it makes sense that other yeah, people sure. other people want to take on some of that knowledge as well so what's grow yeah we a have grow, like, a, a grow, grow assembly grow yeah, assembly yeah. which I love I know what it is obviously yeah, yeah. but yeah what, what it, yeah so we haven't spoken about that um, so I'll go right back to the beginning like um, when I was working at Attica uh, I was really lucky. I got taken to uh, MAD yeah. in Copenhagen with a, a few of the guys from, from the restaurant team and I was blown away. That was kind of like the first big food conference festival thing that I'd been to and it was just like this massive overload of ideas and information that really set my brain on fire. Which is run by Rene Redzepi, right? Exactly, yeah. It's, it's a conference for chefs and growers and producers. Everything. And Anyone who's sustainability. Kind of interested yeah. in the future of food and restaurants and, and wine and anything like that. So yeah. people basically... 200, 300 people in a room. They do theirs in a big circus tent so that everyone's in a tent. There's a stage at the front throughout the day. Eight, 10, 12 people get up, present an idea, try and inspire people. Yeah. It was really special. The <laughs> year after that, maybe it was two years after that, we did a similar thing at Attica. So Ben uh, Shuri organised a similar thing, got chefs in from all around the world, um, and I got invited to speak about, oh. about booze. And then, like, the year after that, I got invited to go to New York and speak at this thing called the Welcome Conference, which is... Uh, you spoke at that? Yeah, yeah. How was that? It was amazing. Yeah, fuck, really were you nervous? Yeah, really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really nervous. Yeah. But you get over it, I guess. Like, once you're up on stage and you're talking about something that you're, you're passionate about and yeah, you're comfortable close, about, yeah. yeah, then it comes. And uh, so I got back home after that and I was talking again with my business partner, Michael, and also with my, my wife, uh, my era and we were talking about you know like how inspiring these days were and uh, how much we got out of them and how people working in the restaurant industry you know they they are so passionate there's so much passion that exists in our industry and maybe they don't have an outlet for it and maybe also they don't have the time or the framework to get an education or exposure to these kind of ideas so like how to how do you go from being a chef to becoming Rene Redzepi? How do you go from being a, a farmer to someone who's suddenly growing like rare breed biodynamic 
uh, wheat varieties that are being used to make some of the best bread in the world? Like, how do you how do you change the future of food and restaurants? Like, how do you become someone who has these amazing ideas? And we decided that part of that step was being exposed to these ideas by people who had it achieved success already. Yeah. And so we we looked around in Australia and we were like, fuck, there's nothing there's nothing really like this on a regular basis. Why don't we try and do something like take ideas from from Mad and from from the Welcome Conference and you know from some of these other fantastic conferences that we've that we've been to and try and do something Australian. And so yeah, there's four of us that are all, Organising it, we're we're two couples, so me and my wife and Michael and his partner, and um, yeah, we started three years ago, and it was a it's it's designed as a, a conference, food, wine, hospitality, for the hospitality industry in Australia, yeah. and so we invite people from all aspects of that. They can they can run a hotel, they can be a baker, they can make beer, they can be a sommelier, they can be a PR agent for, for restaurants, heaps of coffee people, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like all all different aspects, and we. We get them in a room up on stage and they, they tell people about what they've achieved or an idea that they have or, you know, success that they've somehow that they've somehow achieved in, in their industry. And, uh, yeah, we they, then we put on a lunch and, you know, like they get to mingle with the crowd and people can ask them questions and yeah. stuff like that. And I've been to two. Yeah, and cool. The, the, I know. I remember fun. I saw yeah, you the first yeah, one. Yeah. I was the stoked. The first one was uh, the, in, the, in the circus. Tent. Yeah, in the circus yeah. tent. Yeah, yeah, in Collingwood. One in Abbotsford as well. One in Abbotsford, yeah. yeah we, 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 did a, we did a little coffee one uh, in Collingwood yeah. and, we, and we did one in Sydney, Sydney earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the next one is going to be November the 19th in Melbourne. Oh, in, sun- in is it a Sunday? It's a Monday. Oh, it's a Monday. So we're changing it up this time. It's kind of a bit of an experiment. So we've moved location every time and we think that's good to keep it fresh yeah yeah we just kind of thought that i guess some people in restaurants especially in the latter half of the year they generally have to work on sundays maybe leading up to christmas we thought we'd try it on monday if it doesn't work we'll go back to sundays if it does fantastic yeah Um, can i just put my two cents in there i don't know if you do this yeah you should turn it into a podcast yeah Definitely, 100%. Yeah, okay. No two ways about it. Yeah. I, I really believe you should just... So we film everything. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah have you seen the videos? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've watched the videos yeah, a few cool. times. Cool, cool, cool. But I, uh, just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you know, totally. There's a lot more people nowadays listening as opposed to watching. Watching takes up time. True. You you've can, got, you've you got can to, listen anywhere. Anywhere. You Driving, can, you, yeah, on the train, dri- yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've got true. to turn it into a podcast series. And even in the ones that you've got now... Look, yeah. You've got to. I'm not fucking telling you what to do. Yeah. Well, who, who am I? Like, nah, believe nah. me. But any, I'm, even the ones you've got awesome. now, yep. with the videos, just drag the audio off that, which is a really easy thing to do if you yeah. can, you know, I couldn't do it, but it's an yeah. easy thing to do if yeah, you know what you're doing. Do it, yeah. do it. Drag it off and then turn that into a podcast series. It's the only way. Like, it really is. It will get out there so much more, in my opinion. Yeah. My opinion. All right. Thank you. That's what I would, that's what I would do. Yeah. Killer. Um, so, who have you got there? What, what's, the, what's the theme this, this year? Can you say? Um, Can't say. We haven't. Yeah, no. I probably, I prob- yeah. probably sh- shouldn't I, yeah, tell you yeah. all the details no, that's fine. B- before that's we do fine. a press release. Yeah, but yeah, um, we've got a really great lineup. We've got two overseas people, so we always oh. kind of try and try and fly someone over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got two great people from overseas. A bunch of really awesome local people. Yeah. Some fantastic Melbourne restaurants doing food for lunch. The venue's a little bit bigger. Like each year, we've just kind of grown mm. a little bit more and yeah. got a bit more organised and. I think we're getting somewhere, you know. Like we get such great feedback from people that come, you know. They really, they really love it. I get a heap out of it. Like it's such a, a day of learning and education yeah. and inspiration. Basically, I'm not comparing it, but yeah. I guess this is what I'm trying to do with a podcast series. Yeah. Is what you're doing with that? Just totally. talking, inspiring people, yeah. trying to just get hear the word out stories, there, hear people's stories, yeah. and maybe education, yeah. and maybe people will go, you know what? 
I am going to start buying honey from from a supplier. Exactly or right, I am man. going to start exactly right. trying that that different wine. Or I am yeah. going to start going to the farmer's market as opposed to going to the supermarket. These yeah. are the kind of things that we're trying to change. Yeah, you know? and if that kind of stuff happens, then we've already made a difference. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's exactly. awesome. Making a difference. So, yeah, if you – I'll just do a quick plug. If you want to yeah, check it yeah, out, yeah, yeah, you, please, for sure. you can go to uh, www.growassembly.com.au and we'll be releasing tickets next month. So. That's cool, and I'll definitely be there. You can come and you know, mainly come and see me, you know. I'll be there. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll be definitely coming for Great. sure. Awesome. I love it, yeah. I, just to be surrounded by them people. It's the same. Like, sometimes I find, like, um, when you're working in the kitchen, just say you, you're on the floor or whatever, and someone you come in who you know, you've worked with, inspires you maybe a little bit, they come in, it gives you that little, like a, almost like an adrenaline kick, yeah, a little bit yeah. of a endorphin yeah, hit or whatever. Time, Do you know what time. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So especially with this in November, I come there, I listen to the listen to what's going on, yeah. mix with them Real kind spark. of people. Yeah. It's like, okay, a bit of a lift. Yeah. Here we go, Christmas. Let's, totally. let's hit Christmas. Yeah, we get a lot of people saying that, actually, and that yeah. feels so nice when people say that, you know, like they came and they were feeling like a bit down about something. Because you, you feel in and out of the industry, so don't you? You yeah, do feel yeah. in and out of it. Yeah. It's so tough. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes you're like, I fucking hate this. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm working my ass off. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. But totally. next thing you love it, it's in your blood. It's in, you know, there's yeah, nothing you can do. Can't but yeah, like you say, it's, yeah. it's, it's really, yeah. That's uh, really nice to hear. Thank yeah. you. <sighs> that's great. The, um, and now, you're, you're, like you say, you have Wine Library. Wine Library. The wine gallery. Wine gallery. Yeah. I keep getting them mixed up because Gary V had wine library. Do you yeah, know Gary V? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. Gary Wine Library and Wine Gallery, I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck it. No, all good, yeah. all good. Um, which is a wine tech business. I've, we've, yep. we've, we've, we've gone over that before. Yeah, yeah, And so basically what it is, is you take a quiz. Is yep. it, this is it, isn't it? You take a quiz and it's a subscription style tech wine business which delivers wine to you going off your quiz is that right is, do you want to sum it up better than that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so we are uh, an online personally curated wine subscription service the personally idea curated yeah, yeah. so yeah, the idea yeah. is to kind yeah. of use my skills as a sommelier but rather absolutely. than just being in a restaurant of 40 people each night I can hopefully give wine suggestions to a much wider range of people yeah. and we do that by yeah there's a quiz to start with so we ask for people's preferences and then it's collecting data over time so when we send out a first box of wine to people, ask for feedback. We take that feedback and we use it to modify their profile so that over time we're hopefully learning what each person enjoys the most and we can tailor their wine package to them individually. So it's traditional wine club, you sign up, you, you pay your money, and then everyone gets the same box of wine every month. Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter what you like. You just get sent a box yeah, of wine. Yeah. You might hate half of them. It's a disaster. Yeah. We take a much more personalized approach. We want to give you exactly what you like to drink. And more than that, we want to provide a little bit of education and social activity around it. So every wine that you get comes with a recipe card. It comes with a little bit of a story about the winemaker. It comes with a tasting note that I've written. Um, you know, There's information on, on the wine region, where it comes from. Uh, we send out little gifts with the wine box. So there's like there's little bits of food, there's wine knives, there's, you know, champagne stoppers, you get a tote bag, you know, you get a gift for your birthday. It's really about creating a community of people who love wine and are happy to talk about it and share it uh, and making wine easy to understand, but also delivering delicious wine that is personally tailored to you. That's fantastic, honestly. Again, jealous. So I'm like, I don't want to be so jealous. I'm not jealous <laughs> in a negative way. I'm more inspired than anything to yeah, be totally cool, honest man. with you, Banjo. Um, so... Let's just say 100 people order it. Yeah. Out of them 100 people, how many of them will get the same wine? I'm just trying to think of a business. You know, you... So the way it works is every month I choose at least 12 new wines to add to our, our collection of wines, basically. But each person, the, the standard 
send out box size is three wines. Yeah. So if you and I signed up and we did our preferences, in the first month we'd probably get three completely different wines each. So of those hundred people, there might be there might be five or ten people who get the same wines. The same three. The same three. Shit, but, that's but, not many. But is otherwise, it? there's different there's different combinations. You know, some people have preferences. They like they only drink red wine, or or they don't drink any red wine, or they yeah. prefer full bodied white wines, or it's summertime, so they want sparkling and rosé, or you know, like they've got a birthday coming up, so they want a sparkling wine, or you know, like can people. Ask that from next time or in their comments or something. So every every it, month before we send them their box, we yeah. send them a little email saying, hey, it's nearly wine time. Like, this is what you're going to get. Like, this is what we think you're going to enjoy. Right. If there's something on there they don't like the sound of or if they've got, like, a special occasion coming up and they want a bottle of sparkling, they can just say, no, I don't want that one and then have a look at our, our whole collection at that point in time and choose one from there. Yeah, yeah. And so it just gets... Subbed so out and put it in the it? box. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like, so approachable. People have said that. People have said like, almost even more so than than the wine. What they love is the experience. Like, yeah. it's a great, it's really user friendly. Great customer experience. Like all the gifts, all the feedback. Like everything they're able to do outside of the wine is what they love. When you have a, something that people are excited to come through the door, you know you want to be a winner. Totally. When people, I mean? people want to share it and tell their friends about yeah, it and stuff yeah. like that, that, that's brilliant. I, yeah, I love yeah. hearing it. I've said to you before, I think the three wine thing is a genius. Honestly, I really Man. do. I was like, that is so fucking smart. If it was me, I'd be trying to push the four. I've said this, and I'm not shy. Yeah. I would be trying to push the six or yeah, the, yeah. the four or the five. You know, yeah. I think three, I'm like, is it worth doing? You know, yeah. da, da, da. But man, it's smart. Three smart. I was like, really like, that is such a smart. Some wine clubs do like 12 a month, even six a month. Like I, It's too much. I work in the wine industry. Yeah, I yeah. drink wine all the time, but I don't think that my wife and I would get through six bottles of wine in a month at home. Yeah, like, definitely. Maybe we would on a good month, but otherwise, like, yeah. it's just nice to have. Over the Christmas three. period, maybe. Over the Christmas period, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, get through yeah. a few more, don't you? Definitely. <laughs> but like, like you say, that's three. What you want as well is them three to be gone and then, you know, maybe even gone a week before. Totally. You know, like, because yeah, we, that's we, really we part probably, of our business. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're out. waiting for it. Yeah. When you're waiting for something, it's like, oh, it right. Yes, it's right. You yeah. know what I mean? Or they might even go, like, I'm sure you don't need, but they might say, oh, we'll go to Dan's and grab a bottle. And then they realize they've got a fucking look around the reading that, that all takes time as well totally. do you know what I mean yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you're waiting and, and you leave after now and again have to go out and get something they realise this is such a great deal do you know what I mean this is fantastic hope so yeah yeah <laughs> and then the, I just want to quickly go at the tech, tech side of yeah, it yeah man how does all like you know that everyone's saying it sounds really easy oh yeah you, you know people just fill this data in and, and we find out what they want and it's as easy as that but we all know that that, that is that is a seriously complex piece of equipment that yeah. is Getting all them notes and making it coordinate all, all. Because yeah. you can't go through every single one, surely. Is it, or is it like everyone's personal preferences? Yeah. No. So there's two. I guess there's two sides to it. The so our third co-founder, there's myself and Tom, uh, and our our tech co-founder is a guy called Humberto, and uh, he's responsible for building out our our own tech platform. Basically, the entire uh, recommendation engine he built from scratch. So <laughs> he uses all the data that. Uh, is collected from each of each of our customers, but that's based off me analysing each wine. There's about 20 data points for each wine that I add to the system that I go through and I taste everything before it gets uploaded. So that would be like peach or, yeah, so, or so it's oily. All, all or... the different flavours, all the different textures, the level of acidity, the level of tannin, you know, is it dry or sweet? How much body does it have? How long could you age it for? Like, is it Geographical? Got... Uh, we did do that, but at the end of the day, you know, we found that that doesn't really doesn't affect matter. the yeah. overall flavour and people's enjoyment too yeah. much. Like it's a, it's an information piece, but it, it doesn't really affect yeah. how much people enjoy it. 
Uh, so yeah, it's kind of me basically scaling each wine and then you know that creates the information set for that wine and then people giving their ratings on a wine plus the the initial kind of preference quiz starts to build up their profile and that all goes into the into the recommendation engine the recommendation engine can analyze all the wines that we've got in our collection put the data points together from the styles of wine that people have said they enjoyed and then match them up. Fantastic. That yeah. is just fucking unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, eh? Oh. But it can get even better, you know? Like, we're, we're working on a revamp of it to make it even more advanced so that it'll become... It really will become like... Like when you go on Spotify and you listen to a song and it says, if you like this song, you'll probably like X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how they do that for music. Like, I, I understand wine. Like, yeah, yeah. how do they do it for music? Like, it needs a certain level of bass. And, yeah, 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 exactly yeah, right. Genre or whatever. Like, yeah, I guess yeah. it's the same. But, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're aiming for. So it, it'll say, like, you, you enjoyed this Pinot Grigio. You should try, like, this Albarino, this Riesling, X, Y, and Z. But when we get there... You'd be happy. Then we're on. Yeah. I think you're on now. Yeah, I'm a, yeah that's you cool, know, man. I'm, an, I'm like, fuck, that is, I would love, yeah, fantastic. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in awe of that, honestly, yeah, I really am. Thanks, bro. The, um, yeah, I was just talking to a friend of, of mine about uh, Uber. Yeah. So, you know, they take a good chunk. I think it's like nearly 25% of your ride or whatever. Yeah. And like, they are obviously yeah, making dollars, of course, big dollars. But I said, like, that piece of software, that app, it only looks like an app that you press. That costs, imagine what it costs to build that. Yeah, Seriously, yeah, man. Like, course. I dread to think, you know, you're, all that time and, and uh, yeah, and the amount of people and constantly running it updates. Yeah, it's, just, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's hu- and you've got to be, uh, everyone, I, I listen to a lot of different business podcasts and they say, if you have a tech business, you need a tech founder. Absolutely. There's, there's no two ways yeah, about yeah. it. That is a, you need one. Yeah, so we have, uh, for a while, we had someone else working in Brazil for us, so they were actually working on our downtime. Yeah. Because if something goes wrong at oh, 3 so a.m. in the seven. Yeah, again. exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Just keeping an eye on things, you know. Like if something happens to to that recommendation engine at 3 a.m. in the morning our time, and everyone's asleep, and then you wake up at you know 6:30, there could be three or four hours where the whole thing is kaput, and like yeah. someone might somewhere just be in their bedroom trying to trying to do it. Hack it. Oh yeah, and, yeah. No, nah, just oh. like just trying to use it, trying oh, to buy yeah, wine, yeah, trying to buy and wine, it's not yeah. working. And they're yeah, like, yeah. "What the fuck's going on?" You know? Yeah, like, yeah so you, you can't have that, can you? You can't yeah, have yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, it needs to be. What about security in that in that aspect? You know, because people are giving credit card deals. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's a, it's a lot less. People aren't as worried as they used to be. But people, there's people out there, especially the no disrespect to anyone in the old generation, yeah. but there is. My mom would be like, "I'm not giving my bank." Yeah. Do you know what no, I mean? my dad's the same, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, is that a big se- part of the business? A lot. Of, do you need to get like a, a secure company to look after that? Or? Yeah, you do. But everyone yeah. does, and the levels yeah. of of security, the levels of encryption are pretty high these days. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's uh, it's becoming rarer and rarer to have hacks through websites like ours. Like it's like you know buying an airline ticket or anything like that. You. It, the chances are very, very, very low. And as you say, I think people are becoming yeah, more far cost- more comfortable. I guess as well, like, back in the day when there was only 2 million websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's, like, 200 million. Yeah, yeah, Yours exactly. is a lot. And if you're only taking 5 million, whatever yeah, it is, yeah. and then you've got Facebook taking billions, well, that's yeah. probably, you know, whatever. So where do you source the wine for, for this? Like All diff- over, hey? All over, yeah. Do so you do you I, use like um, obviously having the, the the old wine importing business that probably helps having their yep. contacts. Yeah. So do you have like a distributor in America, a distributor in South 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 Africa, one in France, or is it just like all in like New York or London? 
Um, so the majority of stock that we buy at the moment comes from distributors who are based in Australia but buy wine from all over oh, the world. Right, okay. uh, but recently we've started doing our own importing. So yeah, I, I actually just got back from a week in South Africa and I was over there meeting people, visiting vineyards and stuff like that. And so we've imported a bunch of wine from South Africa. So direct from the, from direct the, from the winery. winery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, then you just got to organise that, getting onto a container and then getting shipped here. Exactly right. So it becomes more of a, a logistics game rather than yeah. actually being a sommelier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're working on at the moment. So, I mean, obviously we're always going to have, you know, probably at least 50% of our wine selection being Australian. But, All right, yeah, but, yeah. But we're also working Looking on... after your own. Exactly right. Yeah, it's really sure. important. 100%. Uh, but we also want to be able to source things that people can't get anywhere else. Yeah. So if we can go direct to a winery in a country um, that's not necessarily being imported into Australia, I think that's fantastic. A, we're going straight to the source. So, you know, obviously we're cutting out the middleman. They're getting better dollars on Ex- that. We're getting better dollars. We can deliver a better deal to our customers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it also means that they can't go to Dan's and just grab that same bottle off the shelf. Yeah, yeah. You, know, like, you don't want to see it there. Yeah, exactly. exactly 100%. So, so wine, wine sales are down on retail. Yep. But they're up on, on online businesses, if I've, if I've done my research right. It's... So uh, overall in Australia, wine consumption is actually going down very, very slightly. But the spend, the overall spend is staying pretty similar. That's because people are maybe drinking a little bit less but paying a little bit more. Yeah. I think like any industry, yes, online consumption is going up and traditional retail is slowly declining. Um, and that's why you see a lot of the big liquor retail people expanding their reach into online. So, yeah. you know, like pe- people either go to Dan Murphy's or they buy through the Dan Murphy's website. Like that's... That's a two-way thing as well. So I think that's just the way everything's going. Like 20 years ago, if you wanted to book an airline ticket, maybe you had to call your travel agent. Now you just jump on the website. Teletext. Teletext. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's that kind of thing. Like anything you want to buy, like I can buy buy the world on my phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's about having that accessibility, that convenience. Um, Obviously... A retail uh, outlet is really important for having contact with your customers, uh, for being able to show the product in a in a tangible kind of way. So you saying is that your wine bar? Is that what you said? No, 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 no. no they're no. they're very separate businesses. But okay. you know, we do events every now and then right, okay. just to interact with people to to be able to present the wines to them so they can see the bottles so they can taste them and things like that. I, I still think that's incredibly important. Yeah. But certainly the way that people purchase things, you know, you you just have to look at the. You know, the rise of stuff like Amazon and eBay over the yeah. last 15 years to know that people are, are buying more things online. That's, yeah. a, that's a given. If you don't mind talking about it, you, you've, you just raised a staggering amount of money. Yeah. yeah. I've seen that. Um, <laughs> first of all, how did you go about doing that? That's a, I've never, you're the first person I've ever met that's met, that ra- apart from like Silicon Valley, who I haven't met, <laughs> but I feel like I'm talking to like Zuckerberg or someone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Hardly. Like, but, you know, it, it is that uh, San Francisco raising capital for a tech business, you know, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, look, I, I'll be I'll be really upfront about it. I, I only had a, a small hand in it. So um, uh, Tom, my co-founder, he, he, he really uh, drove that forward. Like I said, he came from a banking background. Yeah. And so he, he has a lot of contacts in that, that side of things. Uh, when he was working for Macquarie, some of the deals that he was doing, they were the kind of people that he was interacting with on a day-to-day basis anyway. Um, but this is, you know, this is something else that's changing in the in the business landscape across the world, not just in Australia. You know, there are more and more startup businesses that are striving to grow incredibly quickly. We we didn't raise the capital because we had no money. 
we raised the money so that we could reinvest it straight away and grow the business at a, at a much faster rate. Exactly right. So we've already spent some of the money that we've raised. You know, we've hired more people. We've got a new warehouse. We've improved some of our systems. You know, it's not because we were going bankrupt. Yeah. Quite the opposite. It's just because we wanted to grow even faster and improve things, and that, make them better, make them stronger. Is that so? The reality is, Dan Murphy's could do this. They could come and start building it. Is it to try and be like entry to market? You know, oh, to be ahead of the curve. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. You know, like there are already already competitors in the space that we're playing in. You know, right. there are there are bigger guys, people people like Vino Mofo and Naked Wines and stuff like this. Like they're much bigger businesses than we are. Yeah. But we like to think that we are offering more than they're offering. You know, the, for Better all service for all their strengths. At the end of the day, they're still moderately traditional wine services. You know, like we. We like to think that our level of personalization, customer service and care is ahead of theirs. And I, I, I don't want to brag and I don't want to no, talk, but that's talk down about other no, businesses, sure. but that's you know, like that's what we see as one of our big strengths. Yeah. Um, and so we want to we want to continue building that out. So, you know, like we've just hired another, another wine person to help with uh, customer interaction and uh, wine sourcing and things like that. We've taken on an operations manager. We've taken on a brand development person just to kind of just to get the word out. Like as as well as we're doing, we're still a really small small yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Like we've only we've got just under five thousand subscribers. As you just said, there's twenty five million people in Australia. You know, yeah. probably fifteen million of those adults. Yeah, adults. Yeah. You know, ten million of them might drink wine. If we can get if we can go from five thousand to fifty thousand, yeah, yeah, we're a much bigger business, and still only fifty thousand out of ten million, you know, like yeah, so there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a heap of people drinking wine in Australia. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we just want to, we just want to get, get a bit bigger, it's get exciting, a bit stronger, though, isn't it? It's exciting, yeah. raising capital and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and really exciting. It's again, I was talking about this. Obviously, if you say I, I don't want to talk about, it, I, no, I, no. I, is it is it on a payback system or is it on a percentage or is it on a percentage? Yeah, it's a percentage thing. So, yeah. so when we started when. Uh, when the business was first founded, uh, Tom, who's who's one of my co-founders, it was it was his idea. You know, it was his intellectual property, and he he approached me because so, you got the wine knowledge. I got the wine knowledge exactly yeah. right. So he he maintained a decent chunk of the business, and I took a smaller chunk. Yeah. And then we took on Humberto, who was a tech founder, and again, uh, Tom distributed some of his ownership to Humberto. So now there were three of us, but still with Tom having the majority of, of those three. Yeah. And then when we go to raise capital, it's about Selling X percent of each. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. You so take now, four of you, four of you, and I'll put six in or whatever exactly it might right. be. Yeah, you got yeah. it. It's all equal depending on how much you have. Yeah. So it's all an equal percentage, you know, based on, on current ownership percentage. Um, and so our, our overall ownership stake goes Drops. down and the new shareholders But take they bring on, take, a lot more on the party than maybe just even financials. Do you know what Yeah, I mean? some of them do, you know. Because if they some of them are just, just money. Yeah. But, yeah, some of them, yeah, exactly. That's all the one. That's part exactly of the deal. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I guess as well, maybe not in this scenario, but yeah. they might have, these guys have got obviously got big businesses. Let's just say they're, I don't know, they're owner, they've got 1,000 employees. They maybe would even say, okay, well, I'm going to give them a, a three-month subscription or, do you know what I mean? These exactly. kind of things, yeah, yeah. and that's going to inject into your... There's plenty of benefits. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 fuck, it's... Playing <laughs> with the big boys. I think so, fuck, yeah. I, you I know think what we're mean? getting there. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, it's exciting. Like, we've, we've been super happy. Like I said, we're three and a half years old. We're... We've got the biggest following of any wine company in Australia online. Yeah. So like Instagram and Facebook, we have the most amount of followers of any wine company. We have fantastic levels of feedback from all our, all our customers. Month on month, we're getting more and more subscribers. And we just want to keep doing that. We, we believe in what we're doing. We love what we're doing. We think we're providing fantastic service as well as great wine. And if we can just keep on doing that for even more people, I think that's great. And what last thing on this one, what... um. 
What's your biggest marketing tool for that, would you say? Um, Word of mouth, social media? In terms of overall numbers, definitely social media. Like yeah. we, we pay for ads on Facebook. Yeah, so um, we... and But we have a really strong following on Instagram anyway. Yeah. Um, so continual posting on Instagram. Targeted, paid for, uh, Facebook advertising. And it's then, fantastic, isn't and then, it? How good is it? And then there's a small amount of word of mouth. You know, yeah, yeah. People obviously, when they receive their box, taking a photo, sharing it, telling their friends. You know, like it's all about that yeah, yeah, uh, community sure. side of things. Yeah. And then um, this summer, what should we all? What, what should what wine should we be looking for this summer? So it's kind of been a bit of a trend, I guess, for the last couple of years. But I think this year it's going full tilt explosion everyone is going to be drinking rosé oh, I knew you were going to say yeah, rosé yeah, like yeah, I said yeah, it's, yeah. Not a new, it's not necessarily a new thing no no but I love it I've, I probably got into it like a couple of years ago yeah, but yeah, yeah. great with charcuterie great with charcuterie great that with is, charcuterie, that is yeah. you know the main thing that we pair it with on the wine gallery yeah. um, I think fantastically Australian producers have got their heads around making them dry yeah. lower in alcohol refreshing plenty of acidity you know they're not you, bright pink other and exactly that, yeah, right yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they've still got a bit of texture but they're just super refreshing you know and what 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 producers if you can say we should we be looking at a, a value point not nothing crazy I know yeah. that you're very approachable to wine and you totally like, yeah, yeah. yeah so we um we only started this last year, actually, but we're doing it again this year. And it's called it's called the Twelve Wines of Christmas. It's basically modelled off an advent calendar, but it's an advent calendar for grown ups. So you get twelve wines, and you can open those throughout the month of December. I'm in. Um, I'm in. You're in. I'm <laughs> you in. can do it. It's the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. So it comes in a in a custom made little box, and every every couple of days you can pop open the top and pull out your bottle of wine. Oh, it's really magic. Fuck. So we've got a couple of different rosés in there, but the one that I think is, uh, that offers really amazing value is from the Barossa Valley in Australia. It's made by a winery called Spin Effects. Spin Effects. And you, you know it? Yeah, yeah, I know it, Carson. Yeah, 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 cool. So we used to do the Drifter's Table, a pop-up restaurant, yeah, yeah. and Ash... Baburka, yeah, yeah, he he got me onto that. Ah, sweet, that's yeah, great. And that's great value yeah, as well. It's a great, great value. value. Really yeah, good wine. Yeah, yeah. So we've got that in there. We've also got a a really awesome Italian rosé that we've imported ourselves. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we've got a few a few different things, and you know, various different styles. Some with a little bit more richness. Some with a bit more acidity. It's about offering, you know, just a little bit of uh, rosés ago. Rosés ago. You Rose, got it. Yeah, rosé and charcuterie, guys. That's yeah. A go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's the and double then, plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If people do want to subscribe to. Yep. To the wine, the, here we go. Don't, wine call gallery. The, don't call it the wine, wine library. Wine gallery. <laughs> the wine gallery. Yeah. yeah, real easy. Just jump online www.thewinegallery.com.au. Uh, follow the prompts there. Ask you to to do a little quiz if if you're up for it. Otherwise, you can just put in your email address. We are. A, subscription-based uh, business, but you don't have to subscribe. If you just want to jump online and buy a couple of bottles at any given time, you can do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. You can also do like intermittent uh, subscription. If you don't drink very much and you think even three bottles per month is going to be too much, you can do like three three bottles this month, skip the next month. Do you have to manually do that or can you put that in at the beginning? You can put it in at the beginning to do a pause for a certain amount of time, but then after that you need to, right, okay. to manually do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, otherwise, otherwise you can follow us on on Instagram. And, and the twelve days of Christmas is Christmas. is through there. Is is through the yeah. We haven't made it for sale just yet. It's yeah. being launched in a couple of weeks' time. The wines are arriving in our warehouse in the next couple of weeks. We're going yeah. to be frantically unpacking them, wrapping them, and reboxing them, and then yeah. we'll be sending them out uh, from the start of November. Right, that's the goal. That's, the, yeah. that's definitely the goal. <laughs> to finish, red or white wine? Me personally, yeah, personally. Oh, you quick yeah. fight. Like, what, yeah, yeah. What you, red or white? White. White. Yeah. Any specific? I love Riesling, yeah. uh, Chenin Blanc, and Chardonnay. Yeah, Chenin Blanc. Yeah. 
Uh, I was just in South Africa. They grow heaps of Shannon Blanc. Some fantastic stuff coming out of South Africa at the moment. Yeah, really okay. exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, I see. Did you see that thing? A lot of the, the, the farmers are getting murdered. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's, it, it's a slightly more dangerous country than I was expecting yeah, in South Africa. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like saying I, that about a place I've only been to for a week, but um, yeah, there's definitely definitely some tension there. It's tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sparkling or still water? I generally drink sparkling water when I go out to a restaurant. Yeah, it's yeah. a treat, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it's it? A treat, yeah. yeah. Uh, a margarita or a cosmopolitan? <laughs> Neither. That's a terrible question. <laughs> I can't remember. I'd probably, I'd probably go a margarita. Margarita. Yeah. Scotch or bourbon? Uh, probably scotch. Yeah. And yeah. hot dog or burger? <laughs> oh, a tough one. Um. Probably a burger, but only just. Yeah. That one's real tough. <laughs> I love both. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Banjo HP. Yeah, Bar Liberty is on there as Bar Liberty. Everything, everything's really straightforward. Yeah, yeah. You can look up the wine gallery, Bar Liberty, Capitano, Carlton, uh, or Grow Assembly. Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Banjo. I hey, much Robbie. appreciate your time. Man, it's been great. Yeah, really awesome. nice to catch up. Thanks very much. Nice to see you, man. <laughs> If you're looking for a new podcast and you're into MMA or into just being a good person or yes, generally there's a lot of there's a lot of MMA or fitness or training. Um, there's a great podcast run by Paddy Houlihan, who used to be a UFC fighter. He's a good friend of Conor McGregor. His podcast is called No Shame. He's out in Ireland. But yeah, he's just trying to spread the word. It's a great podcast. It's about an hour, an hour and a half. Um, heaps of different stories, the struggles of MMA fighters, the struggles of um, parenthood with uh, children with Asperger's and how you how can, you can help them and how nutrition helps them or inspiring stories about a guy who, who rode, I think, well, he rode halfway around, the, it wasn't halfway around the world, granted, but it was a fucking long way on his own in a rowing boat. There's heaps and heaps of stories and there's loads of insight to what it's like to be a fighter, the nerves and, and all the rest of it. So it's called No Shame, Ran by Paddy Houlihan, and yeah, it's a great listen. So yeah, it's, I'm going to start telling more people about podcasts, different podcasts that I listen to, because people do ask me what podcasts do I listen to. So yeah, no shame. Ran by Paddy Houlihan. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please tell a friend or give us a rating or review on your podcast app. It all helps to get more listeners. Thanks. Until next week, have a good one.